You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, today is, in fact, the day that many of you have been waiting for. Today is laughing at the enemy day. Of course. That's it. That's this. I'm so f***ing tired of losing to the Packers. Today is the day... That we spend the entire day making fun of terrible teams and their fan bases that really thought that this was the year that, for example, Justin Fields was going to win MVP, Justin Fields is going to be Jordan Love, the Packers are going to be sitting in the basement, first year of about the next 30 years in which they were going to be doing so, they're going to be awful, they're going to be terrible, they're going to be exposed, we're going to learn the truth that Aaron Rodgers has been dragging this garbage organization with this garbage GM around for a long time. This is finally what we're going to do. We're going to expose these fraudulent Packers. And yet here we sit in the playoffs, year one, with another franchise quarterback, youngest team in football, already on the march, already arguably the best team in football. The Lions, you know, again, all due, you know, respect and credit deserved for them, but... Looking at the second half of the year, are the Lions a better team than the Packers? Probably not so much. Probably not so much. So we're going to have some fun. I do want to start with this, though. This is hilarious. I saw somebody post this, and I didn't really believe it. And then I had uh, my old buddy Blaine call me up, and he's like, hey, did you see that thing? And I was like, I saw it, but I didn't believe it. So then him and I worked out the math, and sure enough, it's real. So I I will use this tweet as an example. This is um, somebody that posted this. This is Packers Update. Uh, at Packers Update. As it stands, the Packers go into the draft with the fourth highest draft capital in the NFL, right? Which is amazing in and of itself, which currently they have the 19th pick. What's interesting about this, though, is that the Bears are third, just ahead of the Packers, which is weird in and of itself. Before we even expand on this, it's weird. You have the number one and number nine pick in the draft. The Cardinals have the they have the highest amount of value. They have the number four pick and the number twenty one pick. How do they have more than you when you have the number one and number nine? And Washington, who's ahead of you, has the number two and then number thirty six. They don't even have a second first round pick. Then 
how 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 does that happen? Just by itself, how does it? Happen? Here's the other interesting thing, though. If you look at the cumulative value, and this is added by Harvard Sports Analysis Collective, I tried to use that chart. Well, I'll I'll give you a, a better um, a better look at this because the problem I had with Harvard Sports is they didn't use compensatory picks, which makes it even worse for the Bears. They uh, the Bears have one hundred and like thirty more points than us. So they have one thousand one hundred and fifty four. We have one thousand and twenty one. That combined, I think they said, is is like a third or fourth round pick in more value than us. When you add in the compensatory picks, according to, uh, I can never remember the hyphenated, I can't get Earhart Perkins out of my head whenever I think of it. Something Johnson chart. No, not the Jimmy Johnson chart. Whatever. There is a trade chart that is out. And um, when you add in the compensatory picks in which the Packers are expected to get three and the Bears are expected to get zero, do you know how much more value the Bears have than the Packers? Remember, they have picks one and nine. We have pick maybe 19, just looking at the first round. Do you know how much more value they have than us if you add it all up? A seventh round pick. They have a seventh round pick worth of value more than we do. You know why? Because they don't have any picks. They give them all away. Because the Bears do what all the fans want you to do. Give away all the picks and go get a player. It's like that, oh, that uh, hilarious and brilliant family guy uh, episode or, or scene. Oh, the, the, should we have a boat or a box? Oh, boy, but what about the box? It could be anything. It could even be a boat. Right? So that's, that's like the elite NFL draft scouting GM philosophy of the day. It could even be a boat. And so what happens? You give away your draft capital to go get guys like, oh, I don't know, Yannick Ngakwe or Chase Claypool or even Sweat, who's nowhere near as good as everybody says he is. And now what do you have? You have picks 1, 9, 75, 110, 125, 142, and that's it. The Packers have 19, 41, 52, 83, 92, 120, 166, 197, 215, 236, and 250. For the third year in a row, I believe the Packers have 11 picks. Three years in a row. For reference, there are seven rounds and everybody gets one pick per round. Add in some compensatory picks, you're maybe looking at eight or nine picks on average. The Packers have had 11 three years in a row, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, I feel like 11 has been the magic number for a while now. And it's not even three seventh round picks, which seems to be the standard. We got Two sixths and two sevenths this time on top of what? Two second round picks, two third round picks. So we have a first. Let me just, let, let's, let's, let's look at it for a second. Let's make sure I get this right. Let's be professional. We have a first. We have two seconds, two thirds, a fourth, a fifth, two sixths, two sevenths. And old me would have said, yeah, but the sixths and sevenths don't count. However, Gutekunst has been a freak the last couple of years and has made me uh, reevaluate those things and realize that actually sixth round picks and heck, even seventh round picks sometimes can be valuable. Not usually. We'll have to see how Bel Bo Melton turns out. He might be, uh, <laughs> it's hilarious. I, I actually saw um, Aaron Nagler compared Bo Melton to Donald Driver. I was like, he kind of has some Donald Driver to him. And there's some truth to that because Donald Driver also was a very physical type of player. And he showed sort of that physicality and whatnot. But it's, what's hilarious about it is every time I say, when is the last time you saw a seventh round pick pan out? Everybody immediately goes to Donald Driver. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. 1999. And so for the Bo Melton comp to be Donald Driver just immediately makes you go, oh, come on, universe, calm down, will you? So anyways, there's that. 
the Bears, all excited about, yeah, but we got we got all this stuff. Like last year, number one pick and over a hundred million dollars in money to spend. They got jack bullcrap for it. <laughs> they spent all the money on garbage linebackers and nonsense. And then they drafted a tackle that's not good at football, and I don't even know what else they did. Right? This year, we got the number one pick, but we also got the number nine pick. So we're loaded. We're loaded. We're going to really load up, bro. We're going to load up. Bro, you don't even, you're third in draft capital. I, I, there's, there can't be another time in history where somebody had two top 10 picks and was third in, in freaking draft capital. You should be automatically, no, usually the, the team that has the number one pick is just number one, period. You, you've got number one and number nine and you're third? And you're barely ahead of the Packers who are in the playoffs? You suck, bro. The Bears are the gift that just keeps on giving you, oh my lord, it's unbelievable how much you suck. It's unbelievable. It's so unfair. It's unfair. And I am really sorry to you guys because this is, nobody should have to endure this amount of bullcrap. You suck. Polls is so garbage. What has Polls freaking done for you? He had the opportunity to draft Stroud and didn't. I know that happened. That was a thing. You also had Will Anderson sitting there. He seems to be quite good. And Houston Texans, I mean, man, did they really hit CJ Stroud and Will Anderson? You passed on him. Devin Witherspoon's a Pro Bowl corner. Could have had him. Passed on him. Pro Bowler as a uh, rookie. There's Jalen Carter, who is an absolute massive freak for the Philadelphia Eagles. He was sitting right there. A lot of Bears fans wanted him. You needed help desperately up the middle on defense. You passed on him and instead drafted Darnell Wright. Now, who knows? Maybe Darnell Wright will end up being a great tackle. As of right now, he is not. He has the um, esteemed privilege of giving up the most pressures of any rookie offensive lineman this year. Granted, I mean, he's one of the few starters, but there are other starters, and he has given up the most pressures of anyone, including, um, you know, guard Cody Mock, who's played almost the same amount of snaps. You got Paris Johnson, you got Osiris Torrance, you got Matthew Bergeron, you got Steve Avila, you've got uh, Anton Harris. I mean, I'm just looking at guys with over a thousand snaps. All of these guys have over a thousand, like Darnell Wright, and, and Darnell Wright's given up the most pressures. In fact, if we just look at pass blocking efficiency, Uh, He ranks 27th out of 39 rookies. But, you know, he might be great. He might end up being super good. Then what did you do? Oh, you got Jervon Dexter. Let's see. Again, Jalen Carter has like a 90 PFF grade this year as a rookie. Kobe Turner also in LA has been fantastic. I've said rookie defensive tackles are never good. There's three of them. Keanu Benton is another one. She's going to make Packer fans sad. Oh, and Carl Brooks ranks fifth. Uh, He's actually ahead of Jervon Dexter. Where is Jervon Dexter? Where is he? Can't find him. I see Zach Pickens, who is, uh, I think, a third-round pick for you. He has a 55 grade. He ranks 16th. Oh, there he is, 18th, with a 50.9 grade. Okay, so he sucks. Both of your defensive tackles suck. Um, Then you got uh, Tyreek Stevenson was your other second-round pick. Uh, Heck of a rookie class. There's a lot of rookies that are actually doing some stuff here. But uh, let's see, your guy, where is he? Do-do-do-do-do, 21st among rookies, rookie corners. Out of 47, your second-round pick ranks 21st with a uh, 60 PFF grade. And the third round was Zach Pickens. We already talked about that. That dude sucks. 
Then uh, after that, you got the fourth round, Roshan Johnson, which, as I've said before, if you suck as a GM and just want to knock one out of the park and, and get one right, the best way to do it, just draft a running back. For reference, 12 out of 22 rookie running backs have good grades. <laughs> so uh, there's that. Roshan, unfortunately, ranks 13th just outside of that range. Bijan, Zach Charbonnet, uh, DeMarcado, Kendra Miller, Chris Rodriguez, Jameer Gibbs, Emmanuel Wilson, Packers again. <laughs> Sorry about that. Tajay Spears, Jaleel McLaughlin, Chris Brooks, Devin A. Chain, and uh, Keaton Mitchell. Those are the ones who have really good grades. Roshan Johnson is just outside of that. He's, he's, he's one of the 50% that didn't make it. The very next pick was Colby Wooden. So, so there's that. All right. But then you got a wide receiver in the fourth round, which, you know, the Packers, pretty, they do pretty well with these. So I'm sure the Bears did pretty. So let's go in order here. Uh, the fourth highest graded rookie is Dontavian Wicks. The fifth highest graded rookie is Jaden Reed. Where are the Bears? Let's see, 21st is Malik Heath. That's an undrafted free agent. Where the heck is your fourth-round pick uh, wide receiver at? Oh, 31st out of 37 is Tyler Scott with a 52.7 grade, 53.2 receiving grade. So that sucks. Um, The Packers, including their undrafted free agents and seventh-round picks and everything, uh, nobody lower than that. So that's garbage. All right, let's see. What else do we got here? Oh, there we go. Fifth round pick Noah Sewell is the highest graded linebacker among rookies. Granted, he only played 27 snaps, but let me just tell you, that's actually kind of hilarious. Because let's just assume that it's not a small sample size that is inadmissible (laughs) because of the complete lack of any snaps whatsoever. Let's pretend he is the greatest. Then you're the biggest idiots in the world for spending so much money on linebackers. (laughs) <laughs> you can't win this. I mean, you're, I'm sorry. Your GM sucks. He just sucks. There's, there's, there's nothing good in this entire draft class. You don't have a single rookie that was good at anything. Aside from Noah Sewell, who played no more than 10 snaps, and in one of those games, week three against Kansas City, in those 10 snaps, he had a 90.9 grade. 71.6 coverage grade in his one coverage snap, and then a 77.6 run defense grade in his nine snaps. His other grades, 61, 61, 63, and 62 in the other games that he played. Your GM's not good, dude. And this same GM is now going to be the one that decides what to do moving forward. And you know he's going to try to pick a quarterback. I'm sorry. By the way, that's another thing. Let's, let, me, let me play this clip for you real quick. This, this is a, a little bit of a flashback before I move into part two. In fact, what time do we got here? Uh, let's just take a break. We'll take a break. I want to dive into this a little bit. Uh, We'll be right back. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These arguments and this debate about whether or not Justin Fields is good, I'm so sick and tired of it is he good enough to be an mvp we don't know that yet is he good enough to win a super bowl we don't know that yet but is he the guy is he qb1 is he the present and future of the bears at quarterback yeah we know that (laughs) that's been answered but danny they won three games last year Justin Fields ran for over 140 yards in back-to-back games. No quarterback's ever done it. They always go to running. They always go to running. Immediately go to running. I, 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 I understand they don't have any idea what a quarterback does in Chicago. I get that. But they should at least understand the fundamentals of, you know, like throwing the football, which is, I don't think it gets more basic than that. What does a quarterback do? He throws the football. That's, the, that's kind of the whole thing. The Bears lost both games. They had the worst passing offense in the NFL. Yeah. Well, that <laughs> yeah. must be a reflection of their quarterback. It is. Did you see the pass blocking? Equinemius St. Brown was their third leading pass catcher. Their leading pass catcher was a tight end. He had less than 500 receiving yards. What did I say yesterday? You remember that? When, when when I was going through all the apologies and everything, I made the point that this was all avoidable. It was all avoidable because you guys are coming to really stupid conclusions because basically because you're just choosing to. 
You're just choosing to. You don't have to do this. You don't have to go down this path. You don't have to pretend things are better than they are. You don't have to pretend Fields is good just because some stuff around him is bad. That doesn't make somebody good. This is common sense stuff that was avoidable. But yet, here we are. Darnell Mooney, good number three. I thought he could be a number two. He was their number one, and then he got hurt. But now Mooney is slotted to be the three. That's pretty good. They trade for Chase Claypool. Make him be the one. Learn the system on the fly. Now he's in a contract year, heavily motivated, and is the two. Because they got a legit top 15, top 20 receiver in the NFL to be the number one in DJ Moore. Your left tackle improved because it's his second year, not his first year. Your left guard has continuity of the position. Your center is the veteran of the group. Continuity, meaning same piece of garbage that was there before. Who's playing his best position. Yep, same piece of garbage. You upgraded at right guard. No, you didn't. That was always fake. In free agency, and you drafted a top 10 pick at right tackle. Which, as I said, there is no way in the world you can find any data that can prove to me that drafting a tackle is a good thing. In the long term, probably. A top 10 tackle in the long term, probably better than what they had. Rookie tackle? Mm, I don't know about that, Chief. So you have a legitimate NFL offensive line. Said nobody except freaking, well, I shouldn't even say that. It wasn't just Bears fans. It was almost everybody. And everybody was stupid and everybody was wrong. And I kept saying that and nobody wanted to listen. And guess what? How much did their offensive line upgrade? That's how much. And legitimate NFL wide receivers, legitimate tight end room, the number one running team in the NFL last year, consistency of system, and a quarterback with all of the physical tools in the world, plus the stuff, the leadership, the intangibles, the work ethic. What is there not to believe in? Okay, well, let me explain it to you. The offensive line didn't really improve. However, the offensive line really wasn't the problem last year either. It wasn't a good offensive line, but it wasn't nearly as bad as everybody made it out to be. Fields was a large part of that problem. Number two, they did upgrade the wide receivers. That's definitely true, especially with DJ Moore, who was, as I said, better than I expected him to be. Um, But the problem wasn't just the wide receivers, Because again, the wide receivers and the offensive line and the play calling and everything else, they all took the fall as though that was going to supposedly bridge the gap between that and and Fields being a good passer. The problem is there's nothing positive or affirming toward Justin Fields. It's all just negative. It's all just, yeah, but he doesn't have this and he doesn't have this and he doesn't have this, but show me what he does have. And the point is he was never a good passer despite the... Bears fans wanting to show me like a, a, a highlight reel, which means nothing. Every garbage quarterback has good throws and highlight reels. It doesn't mean anything. And so the offensive line is still the same offensive line, which is not as bad as Bears fans wanted to make it out to be, including this past year. The wide receivers, they did have a legit, legit, legit wide receiver, which makes things honestly even better as far as proving my case because Fields did not improve. The other aspect of this, as far as the rushing being very good, is another point that I had brought up that um, I forget who had uh, illustrated it, but basically looking at the fact that it was wildly unsustainable for Fields to be able to do what he did last year as a runner. Completely, statistically, basically impossible for him to do it again. And he didn't do it again. So everything went exactly as I said it would would go. 
with the exception of having a, a better wide receiver than I thought. But still, the, the overall picture, same thing. The running was not as good. The passing did improve marginally, probably because of the improved wide receivers, but still is massively lacking because the quarterback is not good enough. That's the situation. That's what happened. But anyways, the, the biggest reason I wanted to play that video, I mean, I wanted to play it anyways, but if you haven't heard the news, the Bears have begun a process. I saw, I saw somebody had posted this. Um, essentially, the Bears had created a list of offensive, defensive coordinators, and head coach. They were going to meet with Matt Eberflus to decide if they wanted to keep him. And uh, other than that, there's going to be massive turnover. Don't know if that's true, but Luke Getze was already fired. He's out the door no matter what. They met with Matt Eberflus, and then the story broke, or the news broke, that Matt Eberflus would, in fact, although it was rumored all along, would, in fact, be staying as the head coach uh, of the Chicago Bears, confirmed essentially or assumingly by the Chicago Bears. Immediately after I saw the news, I started looking at comments, and a massive amount of Bears fans are convinced that this news means that Justin Fields is staying. And I really struggled to understand what the heck they were talking about. Very well-known um, Chicago Bears guy who is wrong about everything on social media is uh, Ill Will, at 79 Ill Will. Here's what he said, and this is where I began to get really confused. It was always, flu stays, field stays, fire flus, draft a quarterback. In other words, those are the options. Saddling, <laughs> here's, here's where it started to make sense why Bears fans think the way that they think. Saddling a head coach in a win-now season with a rookie quarterback is illogical. It would be 2017 and 2021 all over again. Thank goodness Ryan Poles is the GM and not Ryan Pace. Well, <laughs> this is where Bears fans, I think, are going to start to dislike Poles. They've been trying to be on the Poles train for a long time, but um, when Poles decides to move on from Fields, which I'm assuming he's going to do, if he doesn't, I'm going to be beyond, beyond, beyond happy because it's just running this bullcrap back again. The semi-hilarious thing here is Bears fans genuinely believe they are a legitimate contender moving forward. They genuinely believe that based on almost no information. They are sticking with the same freaking story. In other words, for most Bears fans, they get what's going on. Bears media, Bears fans, I've already played a couple clips for you. We got plenty more to go. For most Bears fans, they get it. Fields is not the guy. Trade away Fields, which as of right now, which also goes to show, well, we'll get there because there's a whole thing behind that too. The Fields compensation thing. But for a small contingent who have been the most loyal Justin Fields is the guy people, they cannot let go of this little delusional world they live in where still nothing is Fields' fault. Right? Remember, we rebuilt the offensive line. We went out and got DJ Moore. You can't argue that DJ Moore's not good. I mean, Cole Komet has taken a step. He's actually a decent tight end. What are you missing? What are you missing? You're going to blame the running back? Oh, no, it's just the play caller. Okay, so you're going to get a new play caller, and that's going to fix everything. And you're going to, quote-unquote, load up with your non-existent picks on, what, fixing the defense or improving the defense so that Flus can just tee off and, and go nuts, even though your defense wasn't nearly as good as you thought. They just got a huge amount of picks that's unsustainable. And in reality, if you strip away the picks, which is fair to do because they're not going to have that many next year, the defense really is not that good, as was exposed by the Green Bay Packers, 
who even despite the one turnover demonstrated that moving up and down against your defense is not actually that hard? Is this seriously what you think? I'm, I'm not even going to pretend that the Bears can't get better. They, they can get better. But you're always going to be capped by your biggest weakness at the most important position, Justin Fields. Everybody that breaks down film and everything else, they, they, they still say the same thing. Everybody understands what Fields is. He, he's got an incredible arm, and he's a really great athlete and everything else. His processor is too slow. He's not seeing the field. He's not throwing the ball fast enough, whether it's based on just fear or whatever. He doesn't have it, which brings me to the second part, which is apparently there was a survey done going around the league. Let me see if I still have that tab up somewhere. Here, this is via Jeremy Fowler. League sources forecast. So he did a survey around the league of GMs and coaches and whatnot. Bears can get a second or third round pick in a Justin Fields trade. Now, again, this is where people just, I don't think, really understand exactly how to think. And I'm going to point that directly at Jeremy Fowler. Because the whole thing says, Bears can get second or third round pick in a Justin Fields trade. Bears can get more than the Bryce Young package, even from teams picking in the top five, for the number one overall. This is what GM Ryan Poles must weigh, but he's not there yet. So to me, it's like he's looking at it saying, oh, dang, just a second or a third. In my mind, immediately goes to Justin Fields sucks. Fowler's mind apparently goes to that's all you can get. Maybe we should just keep him and then trade this massive haul so we can get a bunch of stuff in this pick. If that's your conclusion, and I'm not saying it is his conclusion, but that's dumb. I don't care what you can get in a haul. If your quarterback is only worth a third-round pick, you're never going to win anything. You have to get a quarterback, and if you forego a quarterback because you can get a haul, who gives a cr- You had a haul last year. Well, you can get a little bit more this year. You had a haul last year. You did nothing with it. Nothing. You need a quarterback. If you can't even get a first-round pick from one of the greatest athlete, young quarterbacks in the entire NFL, separate those two things out, greatest athlete and young quarterback, greatest and quarterback, very distant in my sentence, miles apart, then the answer is beyond clear. Now, I don't know what the Bears are going to do, and maybe they are really thinking about it, but it's so painfully obvious to me. If you don't think you, you might not even be able to get a second-round pick, And so, therefore, you feel like you need to really think about it? That's stupid! That means you're the only team that actually thinks he's worth something. Right? Like, oh, if I I can't even get a second or a first for him. Well, he's, he's worth a first for me, so we should keep him. Well, okay. All right, if that's what you think, best of luck. Best of luck. I hope beyond hope that that's the case. Adam Rank even said the same thing. If you're getting a new quarterback, you have to start over at head coach. Otherwise, it makes no sense. I don't know where you're getting that from. If you like the head coach and you feel like he is the head coach that can lead you into the future, then you keep him. If he's not, then you don't. They're two separate questions. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing Colin Coward agrees, right, Colin? I have never sold my stock on a football team in an OTA faster than I'm selling Green Bay's now. So I went and looked at the Packers' schedule And let me tell you, I came up with six wins. I think we're going into uh, what the Packers were in the 80s, kind of irrelevant. Uh, They 
uh, don't have a great quarterback. It's increasingly a quarterback league. This is not a time when if you had, you know, 10, 15 years ago, great running back and great defense, you could be a dominating team. Those days are over. So I looked this morning. I'm moving to 6-11 and 11 with the Green Bay Packers. Didn't really answer the question, Colin, but I, I appreciate uh, your input on that. I do think the differences in the stadium is like a little synopsis of everything between these two franchises. Their stadium's awesome. Ours sucks. Theirs takes, you know, 15 minutes to walk out of there, get to the highway, on your way home. Bears takes three hours. And they got a quarterback. We don't. It, it's They do everything a little bit better than us, which is why they've been better than us for 30 years, give or take a few weird moments. This is just where I get the dark thoughts where, like, nothing matters, you know? Like, throw everything out. I, I don't, like, I lose faith in everyone. Like, I want everyone to go. I just, like, I, it's just continuously losing to this team is, is deflating. The only thing I would disagree with on that is um, when he said that's why they're a little bit better than us because let's be honest, come on now. But this is kind of what I'm talking about in terms of most Bears fans get it. Like he, he he just said it. Like they have a quarterback and we don't. Most of these guys get it. Here's another one. You might know him. Barstool Big Cat. Packers 17, Bears 9. Um, all I wrote down was I'm sad. Go get the best deal. Okay, so those are my notes. We're on to the draft. <laughs> those are my notes. I I was very sad about this. I I thought the Bears were going to win this game. Um, I dubbed it my Super Bowl. I- delusion. Again, with the delusion. Really genuinely believe they were going to win the game. Not that it's impossible, but believing the hype. Like the offense is really turned around. Justin's really looking good. The defense is really looking good. Like if you look at it, no, 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 and no. Maybe run defense or something. I don't freaking know. Your defense isn't good. They're getting a lot of picks. Justin Fields is not playing better. Like This is all stupid. It's all fake. I said they were going to win this game. Turns out Jordan Love is really f***ing good. I've done this speech before. You don't need to hear it again. Life is unfair. The Packers going from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love is just the shining example of how unfair life is. And uh, yeah, Packers are good. Matt LaFour is a great coach. They're in a rebuilding year, and they got to the playoffs. And the Bears, that sucked. I still am very optimistic about the Bears' future, but that sucked. You guys saw it. I was silent for like an hour and a half after the game. Um, but I'm optimistic about the future. That sucked a lot. The Bears cannot beat the Packers. It's impossible for them to beat the Packers. They're going to have to figure that part out. That's going to be a big point. Yeah, so figure out how to beat the Packers. We're 10-0 yes. all time against the, the Bears. And all the uh, stats, Jordan Love had the best season that a Bears quarterback would have ever had. Um, they're just – there's nothing I can do. It sucks. I hate <laughs> – I hate – I hate this feeling. So uh, we have number one I'm pick. Sorry. We have number one yeah. pick. I just – it just – I really, really wanted to win this game. I wanted to get <sighs> the Packers out of the playoffs. Now I can't even revel in the Packers losing in the playoffs because this is a rebuilding year for them, and they made the playoffs, and they did it. It's another thing I'm glad that at least some of them recognize. I'm sure they're going to come hard if we lose to Dallas or even if we lose to the 49ers. It's going to be a big, massive celebration and parade. But in reality, this is what they know. They know in the back of their mind it doesn't matter. As many Packers fans have, have highlighted already, we can't lose. We're playing with house money at this point. P- getting to the playoffs is, that's, that's, that's already exceeding expectations. In year one of this, come on now. 
by beating the Bears in Week 18. And just every – it's like time is a flat circle. The Bears cannot beat the Packers. They just can't. And it just fucking sucks. Everything sucks about it. And the Packers are a good organization, and the Bears are aspiring to be a good organization. And we'll see if they get there. All history shows they will not. Let's take a break. We'll come back, and we'll just keep doing what we're doing, man. That's all. We'll be right back. Uh, walking out right now. Uh, Bears, Blues, hated that. Very much hated that. Um, yeah, honestly, for a team that had nothing to lose, I thought we looked pretty gutless, unfortunately. thought we looked kind of gutless. Uh, offense was sucking mud. Defensively, they held them to 17, but what it matter at the end, they couldn't get the offensive ball back one more time. Uh, I turned the page, 7-10, and 10, season. Even if we came out at the end, it sucks. Um, I don't know. Figure out what we're going to do with this number one pick and get this ship right because I can't keep losing these guys. Chicago Bears fans will never, never be happy. Never. It will never happen. Not in my lifetime. Not in your lifetime. It will never f***ing happen. Ever. Justin Fields, thank you so much for all you did as a Chicago Bear because you will not be wearing a Bears jersey next season. I hate to say it. I love you, Justin, but we're getting f***ing Caleb Williams. That just made it official. I just don't understand all of the shit that we have done amazing over the past couple of weeks. We See what I mean? See what I mean about the delusion? We were 4-1 and one the past five weeks. Everything just went out the window today. Nothing. Defense, non-existent, not there. Offensive line, just looked like they wanted to go home. They didn't want to be there. They didn't want to be on that field. Now tomorrow begins the most important offseason in Chicago Bears history. It is officially started right now, but no, we can never be f***ing happy. We'll never beat the f***ing Packers. Our lives suck, and they always will suck. Packers! No good! <laughs> oh, we're winning this game. We're 100% winning this game. Bear down, baby! Damn, bro. Motherfucker just turned into the reincarnated version of Aaron fucking Rodgers. I can't, bro. Jordan Love is. Defense playing soft as shit. Eberflus, Getsy. What the fuck? Like, he is not doing this shit against any other fucking team. I fucking can't, man. I swear, this is a fucking kryptonite, bro. There's no way we couldn't convert on that there's no okay you made that my god way bro like again this piece of team i will never see a bears team beat the green bay packers a day in my life ever again bro run run screen pass like luke see you dumb i care with these play calls it's the same from week one! Holy time, man. Come on, bro. Like we got we got like 14 minutes left until the season's over. Please! Where the fuck is the late flag hit? Your motherfuckers call everything for Mahomes and Josh Allen. But when it's Justin Fields, nothing! Look at that sh We need to stop it, bro. If we don't make a stop, bro, like every these past weeks, this team has played lights out defense, and of course, when they play Green they f***ing play Green Bay. It's the same of every year. Well, if Iberflus is still here by tomorrow, I'm done being a fan of this f***ing pathetic football team. If, if Lugetti is still on this team, 
We have to more. I can't talk. We'll never be this team. Every year we get bitched by this team. I can't, bro. That might have been Fields' last game. I don't know. I can, bro. It was a decent season. I predicted seven wins, so I'll take that, bro. It's a lot of editing, but it was worth it. I'm just going to repeat myself. They make it harder on themselves than they have to be. Did you notice in there? He said, J Jordan Love's not doing this to any other team except us. Why did he say that? Because he had no idea that Jordan Love had been playing like this for at least since Kansas City. At that level? Kansas City, probably. At least. Um, he didn't know. Bears fans don't know. They, they think Packer fans are lying and they're full of crap about J Jordan Love and that he's actually not that good. And so when he plays like that against them, this is this is just this is unfair. We're always good, and then against the Packers, we're not good. The Packers suck, but against us, they play great. No, you've just been lying to yourselves this whole time, and now you're going to suffer the consequences. The reason it hurts so bad isn't just because you lost 10 in a row, which admittedly, admittedly sounds pretty painful. I wouldn't know, but it sounds like it sucks. But it's worse than that because every single time you convince yourself you're going to win. Stop doing that. And we got a quote here from uh, Ryan Poles. He says, I think Justin got better. I think he can lead this team. But we are in a very unique situation. Bro, they're, listen, they're not even trying to hide it. Everybody knows. Justin Fields, did you hear his press conference? I'm not going to go find it and play it. The guy knows he's done. Everybody knows he's done. Except for these Klingon freaking, I don't mean Star Trek, I mean Klingon freaking Bears fans that just cannot let it go. I think Justin got better. I think he can lead this team. But... We're in a very unique situation. They're not even trying to hide it. It's done. It's over. Goodbye. Another swing, another miss. Best of luck with Caleb. But I'll tell you what, we might sneak in a little bit more uh, down the line. We'll see how time permits. But I do want to get to the injury report that came out real quick, and then we're going to wrap this thing up. Um, some very good news, actually, as far as the injuries are concerned. Only one guy did not participate, and that's A.J. Dillon. Otherwise, the full report is Jair Devondre, Dylan Dobbs, Elton Jenkins, Aaron Jones, Isaiah McDuffie, Musgrave, Myers, Owens, Reed, Sean Ryan, Savage, Slayton, Smith, Tom, Walker, Watson, and Wilson. Um, and then of that group, uh, the limiteds were Jair, Romeo, Elton Jenkins, Aaron Jones, Isaiah McDuffie, Jonathan Owens, TJ Slayton, Preston Smith, and Christian Watson. And then everybody else was a full participant, which would include Devondre Campbell, Luke Musgrave, Josh Myers, Jaden Reed, uh, Sean Ryan, Darnell Savage, Zach Tom, Quay Walker, Emmanuel Wilson. So that's a probably the most positive injury report we've had all year, which, I mean, you want to talk about getting hot at the right time. Packers are playing their best football. The defense is playing its best football. The offense is playing its best football. It's the healthiest the team has been. Special teams, maybe not, but whatever. We'll cross that bridge, maybe, hopefully, starting this week. As for Dallas, um, they have Durant Armstrong, Brandon Cook, Stephon Gilmore, Jonathan Hankins, Malik Hooker, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, Jordan Lewis, Zach Martin, Tyler Smith, and Tyron Smith. My goodness, that is just a name of really good football players. <laughs> But it's actually a little bit more serious. Uh, Stephon Gilmore did not participate. Jonathan Hankins did not participate. Demarcus Lawrence 
That was just veteran rest, but did not participate. Zach Martin, same thing. Tyron Smith, same thing. I will say, though, as much as a lot of this is veteran rest, these are some older players. And we've seen older players start to kind of crack as the season goes on. It'll be something to kind of track as I kind of dig into this a little bit, see if some of these guys are maybe starting to slip. Um, but, I mean, these are really good football players. The other limited, Brandon Cooks was limited. Um, Jordan Lewis and Tyler Smith guard were limited participation. So something to track because they got a lot of talent. We'll see if some of these guys end up not playing. But I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have a good rest of your day. I will talk to you tonight, tomorrow, whatever. Have a good one. Bye-bye.